the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. God sought the attention of His people as I've said all throughout the Bible, but we're looking at one particular passage, some theme verses that I do want to draw your attention to again and help us to see this attention-seeking God and how he, uh, how he operates in these verses. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 1. We looked at it last week, and let me bring you back to a little bit of the context so you'll understand what's going on here. It was after the children of Israel had crossed over the Red Sea. They'd gone to a place called Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb. And God had stopped them there to give his law to them. And so they'd been there about a year's time at Mount Sinai receiving the moral law of God, the ceremonial or the worship law of God, and the civil laws of God. They'd been stopped there for about 12 months. And the Lord shows up on the scene and says, The Lord our God said to us, at Horeb or Sinai, or Sinai, same place, you have stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites, go to all the neighboring people in the Arabah and the mountains and the western foothills and the Negev and along the coast to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land. The Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Please notice this phrase, go in and take possession. We're going to look at that uh, specifically in one of the messages. But what I want you to see is that God comes on us into a situation where the children of Israel have been camped for about an entire year, and God speaks to them and says, you've been at this mountain long enough. Break camp. Get up and get going. God said, I need your attention. I want you to pay attention to me. We see this in the second chapter of Deuteronomy as well. At this particular time in history, the children of Israel are camped near the land of promise, not too far off from the land of promise. God's preparing them after 38 39, 40 years or so in the wilderness to go into the promised land. And the Lord said to Moses, you have made your way around this hill country. What phrase do we see again? Long enough now, turn north. I want you to get up and to get going. In both of these situations, God was sounding an alarm. Not a negative alarm, but a positive alarm. It was a, an alarm clock, we might say, going off. And God said, you've been here long enough. It's time to get up and get going. Here's a signal. Here's an alert for you as my people. Now, the question for us to seek to answer tonight in this message is, what do you do 
to make sure you respond the right way to God's alarm clock. What I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to give you a little acronym. You know that from time to time I'll give you acronyms. And so I'm going to give you an acronym based upon this word, alarm. And so I'm going to give you five steps to take in responding to God's alarm clock in your life. Everybody ready for this? Okay. Five things to do when God sounds his alarm clock in your life. Number one, A stands for you got to awake. You need to wake up. Do not hit the snooze button. That when God's alarm clock is going off in your life and he's trying to get your attention in some way, whether it be through some of those circumstances I described a moment ago, through the right people in your life, through a variety of circumstances, his word, whatever it might be, as God is stirring your life in some way and sounding his alarm, when God speaks, it is his alarm clock and it should wake us up from our sleep and our comfort and our apathy and maybe even from our defeat and from our complacency in life because an alarm clock is important because an alarm clock wakes you up to the possibilities of a new day. So you know, so often we want to curse an alarm clock. We want to throw it across the room. But actually, every time that alarm clock rings in the morning, it's saying, here's a new day. Here's a new set of opportunities for you. Here are new possibilities for your life. And there'll be one day that you'll never wake up again. There'll be a day when your life will be over. And so you need to pay attention, as do I, to every alarm clock in our life because every spiritual alarm clock, as a, as a natural alarm clock does, wakes us up to new possibilities. Think about what you would miss if you didn't wake up. Let me stop there for a moment. Just think with me for a moment what opportunities and possibilities that you would miss in your life if you just decide to sleep through your alarm clock every day. One thing you might miss is called a job, okay? One thing you might miss is called an income. One thing you might miss is called friends. One thing you might miss is your marriage. One thing you might miss is a relationship with your kids. There are all kind of things that you would miss if every day of your life you slept through your natural alarm clock. The same is true with God. He wants you and I to wake up. When he speaks, it's meant to awaken us to new possibilities in life. Why? Because God has new possibilities for you. Because he loves you. He has a better plan for your life than you could have imagined. And we saw in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and chapter 2 that God was waking up the children of Israel to move them toward their promised land. Let's look at a few verses, actually a couple of verses that point this reality to us, okay? Here's the verse I want you to see, Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to do what? Wake up from your slumber, Paul writes here in Romans 13, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Ephesians 5, 14, Paul writing again, says, this is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. And what will happen? Help me out here. What will happen? Christ will shine on you. I believe that in your life, in this particular season, that Christ desperately desires to shine on you what you need to wake up to in your life let's go to the next thing it's very simple the alarm the l stands for what part of waking up is you become conscious when you're sleeping you're not conscious and you don't you're not listening 
to the world around you. You've tuned out to the world. Some of you perhaps even put in earplugs when you sleep because you're shutting out all the noise of the world around you. And so when you wake up, you're going to take the physical earplugs out or you're going to wake up to consciousness. And consciousness means that you know what's happening. You know what's going on. You know what's being said around you. And and you're capable of responding to what you're hearing and interacting with. And when God speaks to us, part of waking up involves our spiritual ears. We must learn to listen. You've got to shut out, if you're going to hear God, you have to shut out some noise of the world. You have to shut out some noise of your own sinful self and your own carnal desires. You have to shut out the voices of the wrong people in your life because many times people are listening to the wrong people rather than to God. And you have to shut some voices out of your life to hear God's voice in your life. You have to listen. Proverbs 1, 5, let the wise do what? Listen and add to their learning. See, when you listen, you add to your learning. Let the discerning get guidance. The book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 29. Whoever has ears, not talking about physical ears here. We're talking about spiritual ears. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So there's that voice of the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever said in your life, think about it with me for a moment. It's probably true for everybody in this place. I wish I listened to God. Have you ever said that? Has there ever been a time in your life, I wish I had listened to God. I I guarantee you there's never been a time in your life where you said, I wish I hadn't listened to God. You've never said that, but you thought, you felt, you sensed the reality. I wish... I had, I had listened to God. And so as we go forward with our lives, let's see if we can reduce the number of times that we say those kind of things like, I wish I had listened to God. Let's be better listeners because that alarm clock is an alarm clock. It says, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's an alarm clock that says, listen. It's also an alarm clock that says, act. God's word to people is, is always about action. When you wake up, when you're awake, you do things. I don't know what your, your routine is in the morning. I'm not going to tell you mine, okay? You, uh, we all have different routines in the morning, right? Things that you do without thinking much about it, but I promise you that when your feet hit the floor off of the bed, you start going into some kind of action. You may not be thinking very much about what it is at that moment. You may still be a little bit in a brain fog, but you're, you're doing something. And the same is true when God speaks to us. The end result of God's Word is not just theology. The end result of God's Word is not just information. The end result of God's Word is not just having a lot more spiritual knowledge. The end result of God's Word is always action. God is interested in you being a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. Notice in Deuteronomy what it says in chapter 2. When God spoke, this is when he's encouraging them to break out of Mount Sinai. What does he say? He says, he says do what? Break camp and advance. What do you do to break camp? All you campers out there, what's involved in breaking camp? Action, right? You don't just step out and say, tent, jump out back in the package again. No. 
You have to break to pull the tent pegs up. You've got to fold it all up. You've got to clean everything away. You've got to clean your campsite. The same was true for Israel, that God had something for them, and he gave them this wake-up call. He says, I've got a future for you. I've got a promised land for you. Now, break camp in advance. So get the tents up, pull the pegs up, begin some motion, and start moving in a direction of your future to what I have called you to. One of the key words here is very important is that break camp in advance. And then in the second chapter, he says, now turn what? North. Key word right there is turn, turn. When we talk about action, I'm going to talk about it more in just a moment. But there's a key word in the second chapter when he calls him to action. And that key word is, say it with me again, turn, okay, turn north. Turn the direction of your life in a new direction toward the promised land. So evidently they were facing the wrong way because you're not told to turn unless you're facing the wrong way, correct? If I'm facing the direction I should be facing, you don't need to say to me, turn. The only time you would ever need to say to me, turn, is when I'm, I'm looking the wrong way. You would say, turn around because I'm not facing you. So God said turn because they were facing the wrong direction. That's the only logical reason why he would say turn. When Jesus started his earthly ministry, the very first sermon that he preached is recorded in Matthew chapter 4, and I want you to catch these words of Jesus. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. What is the word here? Repent, I'm going, to come, I'm going to tie this together in just a moment. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As soon as Jesus showed up on the scene, he's baptized, he goes through his wilderness uh, temptation time, and he goes out to preach his very first message. The Son of God now is preaching the very first message he will ever preach And it will be recorded for history until he comes back again and for eternity. Because it's the word of God and the word of God is eternal. Okay, So he's giving his very first message. And what does he say from that time on? Jesus began to preach. And what was his primary message? Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And that word repent is a Greek word that basically means to turn. To turn around or to turn or to change the direction of your thinking or to change the direction of your life. And so if you're going to move in God's direction, you have to make some turns in your life. And I want to challenge you in this season of our, of our lives together in 2022, you, you begin to come to God and say, Lord, I, I, I hear your alarm clock. You've got my attention. Now, Lord, I, I want to wake up to the things I need to wake up to. What is it that I need to wake up to in, in, in my life? And I want to learn to listen to you, not the voices of the world around me. I will tell you, we, we live in a culture and in a world that is going contrary to the ways of God. And so it's very easy easy for us to simply fall into that pathway and just follow along with the crowd. But if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you're not going to go with the crowd. You're going to go against the flow of the crowd because the crowd's going in the wide road that leads to destruction. We get on the narrow road that leads to life. We need some salmon in the house that are swimming upstream, okay? Anybody can float downstream. But God calls us to turn in a new direction. So, again, I would ask you, what actions do you need to take in your life that represent repentance? Repentance is not a bad word. 
If you're going in the wrong direction, would you appreciate someone telling you to turn because you're heading in a way that's not going to get you to your destination? That's just the way God is. He comes along and says, hey, by the way, you're going the wrong way. I just want to let you know you're going the wrong way. So it'd be really wise if you turned around. Okay. And so that's how God comes to us. So never think of this as though God is trying to make your life miserable or take away the fun of your life or the joy of your life at all. No, he's, that this idea of repentance is all about turning and changing so we can go in the direction that God wants us to go. We'll come back to this again in just a moment. Let's go to the next letter of the word alarm, and that is R. And that's the word rally. I chose this word specifically because it starts with R. But it also has a point. The point of rallying is really this. The idea of the word rally means to muster. That's the idea of the word. It means to arouse. It means to renew your effort. It means to come back strong. It means to be inspired. In the former days of military troops, you would find that someone would have a trumpet on the battlefield and someone would would blast that trumpet and what would happen is that would be a sound for the troops to rally it was a sound to say we've got this it was a it was a sound that says we can defeat the enemy let's all do the best that we can when i was growing up in school i'm not sure if it's the same case nowadays or not but i know that when i was in high school and played different sports one of the things that we would have oftentimes before the friday night football game is that we would have a pep rally now, you don't have a pep rally and come into the pep rally and say, I think we're really going to lose this week, so I guess we should just go ahead and celebrate anyway. We don't do no pep rally. So we believe we're going to win. We believe that victory is on the way. Let's get everybody pumped up because something good is coming our way. And I will tell you that part of an alarm that God wants to sound inside of you, the good kind of alarm is an alarm that rallies you to get ready to be motivated to the fact that victory is possible and victory can be yours in your life. Rally. When God spoke to the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and chapter 2, when he said, you've been at this mountain long enough, break camp in advance, turn north, chapter 2, he says he, he was not rebuking them, he was reminding them of a new possibility for life and the victory that could be theirs. He was rallying them. He was calling them to a place of victory. So what I hope will happen in your life as I'm preaching this weekend, as you're thinking about this, this alarm clock, God getting your attention, and I pray that faith will rise in you. That faith will, see, if they're going to the promised land, they're going to need some faith. I pray that hope will arise inside of you. I hope that there'll be a sense that victory is going to be mine, even though I've perhaps experienced defeat in the past in certain areas of my life. I do not have to remain in a defeated position. No, I believe that victory is mine. I'm rallying myself. God wants to rally you. He wants you to learn to rally yourself in faith for the fact that there's victory for your future. I love Isaiah chapter 43. Look at what it says. It's a rallying cry. Isaiah the prophet rallied the people of God. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I think that should rally your spirit. Amen? Okay. What an amazing statement given to us, a prophecy that we need to embrace. And finally, the last word I'll give you here for the word alarm 
is move forward. You say, well, Pastor, you've already said that. Well, yeah, I'm saying it again. Okay. Let's move forward. Because an alarm clock is designed to move you into your day. It moves you to embrace. I want to write that word down. Not just to get up and endure a new day, but to get up and Instead of saying, good Lord, is morning. Say, good morning, Lord. What do you have for... You see the difference in that? Some of us wake up in the morning, good Lord, is morning again. Okay? But God says, no, I want you to embrace your future. I want you to embrace what you're stepping into. I want you to forget the former things. And I want you to step into embracing the future and to wake up every day saying, good morning, Lord. I'm expecting you to do something in my life. My arms are around the day. And why do we have our arms around the day? Because you cannot get your arm around a week. You can't get your arm around a month. You can't get your arm around a year. You can only get your arm around one minute, one hour, one day at a time. That's why there was an old hymn that the old timers used to sing in in the church. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I have. That's all I'm asking of you. And you and I are taught to live and to pray the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. So you embrace today. You can't embrace the whole week. That's why Jesus said don't worry. Because you can't fix what's out there some other time in the future. You can't go back to the past. No, embrace today. Put your arms around it and move forward every day because your forward trajectory in your life is not going to happen except one day at a time. The children of Israel were at the Red Sea. They had been delivered by, by Moses. God had led them, uh, uh, were leading them out of, of, of Egyptian slavery. And they get to the Red Sea and they find now that the Red Sea is, is in front of them. And they're wondering, how will we cross the Red Sea? This is all this. We have no boats. We have no bridge. We have no capacity to get across this water. And the Egyptian army, they were, they were coming behind. All the soldiers were coming behind God's people. And so there they were trapped in front of them the sea and behind them the Egyptian army and God was wondering Moses was wondering what's God going to do here how are we going to get beyond this situation how will we get into our promised land past the sea and take a look at what God spoke to Moses at that moment and the Lord said to Moses why do you cry to me tell the children of Israel to do what tell the children of Israel to do what to go forward. You know what God's telling you today? Do you know what God's telling you today? Do you know what God's telling you today? God's saying, go forward. No, don't look back. Don't worry about the soldiers that are behind you. And, and really don't worry about the Red Sea in front of you. In fact, the go forward was to go actually toward the sea, toward the obstacle, toward everything that said we're in the way of your future. But God says, don't worry about that. I'm going to take care of that. Moses extends his rod over the Red Sea. And as they're going forward, as they're obeying him, God opened the Red Sea, parted it so they crossed through that on dry ground as God made a way where there was no way. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. 
The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.